Um, you know that I can get a little intense. I don't think much will change tonight, right? But we are going to open up the Word together. If you've got your Bibles, open up to the book of Hebrews in chapter 12. We're going to get there in just a second. This isn't uh, just a super typical message, but I want to get after it. And um, just let me say one thing and join with Jenny in the video and say there's a lot of kids in the house, right? And that's good. We're so glad to have our little partners in the house. But if they get a little bit rambunctious and get tired of listening to me talk for the next three hours, just joking, kind of, um, <laughs> then you can uh, slide over to the mother baby room, not the father baby room, but the mother baby room or the lobby, or hang out in the playground, or something like that. That would help me out tremendously, and uh, we're so glad each and every one of you are here. Man, it's a, it's a great season for evaluation, taking inventory, stepping back, and just looking at things, and everybody's doing that, and some of you have already signed up for Planet Fitness, right? Like fitness pizza in your mouth on day two, right? That's, a, that's really what it's about. <laughs> like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's fine. Uh, here's what I would say about all of that planning and goal setting. Just don't tell anybody about it, right? My friend Cruz Ramirez likes to say, don't talk about it, be about it, right? So don't talk so much about it. Just be about it, right? The people who, who are busy walking, you don't hear them talking a lot because they're too busy walking, right? So just walk the walk and make the changes that you need to change. And one of the big ones, of course, and the primary one should be, our, is Jesus, has he been at the center of your life, right? Maybe, maybe you've had some, some financial missteps this year or some planning missteps and missed some vacations or whatever, or lost a job, and maybe it's been the worst year you've ever had in your life. I'm sorry about that. Maybe it's been the best year that you've had. I had a friend send me a text yesterday. He said, this has been the best year of my life. And I was like, well, praise God, man. I'm so happy for you. I can't wait to see what God does in 24. But in this time of reflection and evaluation, I want us to consider all the crevices of our lives, every nook and cranny of your heart and your mind and the things that maybe you've delegated to God. Right? You thought, man, I've given him 99.9%. .9%. How much more does he want? Well, he wants all of it. Here's the problem with 99.9%. .9%. You're still the, de the delegator of that. You're saying you can have this much. Yes, it's the vast majority of my life, but this one little thing. The problem with the little thing or the big thing that you hold on to for yourself is it leaves you vulnerable to the shaking of the world, right? And it is a season, I believe, of shaking that is coming. And the new year is going to happen in just a minute, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen um, if you're awake or asleep. And some of you might be asleep by the time I'm finished preaching. That's fine. Uh, my dad always said, don't worry about that. My dad was a pastor for 49 years in a local church, and he said, son, if they sleep, just, just let them rest as long as they don't snore, right? <laughs> then you can ask somebody to wake them up, but let them rest. Thank God they get some peace in their life, and they can rest well in the house of God, but the new year is it's coming, and it reminds us uh, of the of the the, the, the priority that, that Jesus is coming back. That we're one day closer to Jesus coming back. So anybody believe that He's coming back to get us? Praise God! You know we've got some work to do until that day, but I do look forward to that day. I can't wait till that day, and maybe the day of uh, our passing, if that happens, and and we go before other people, and maybe not. Maybe he comes back tonight as the, the clock strikes midnight. I don't know. I'm not too worried about it, but there is a day coming, a day of judgment, and so I have to look at things like my spiritual life and ask questions like, Am I closer today than I was on January 1st in 2023? 
Or am I closer to Jesus than I was this morning? We like to do the things on the year, but we don't like to do the day inventory. To step back and say, what happened today? Did I read my Bible today? Did I spend time with the Lord today? Did I walk with him today? Did I pick up my cross today? Did I follow him today? Did I live the discipled life today? And, and if the answer is uh, no, then you need to find out why. And if you'll ask, the business way to do this is the root, to find the root cause of the problem. You ask why five times, and you'll find the answer. What spiritual habits or keys or disciplines did you really lock in this year? Did you pray more than you ever have? Did you pray without ceasing, the Bible said? Did you read your Bible like you're supposed to, right? Did you study your Bible, right? Study to show yourself approved. Not read, but study to show yourself approved. Are you becoming studiers of the word, diligent, and have you built your life on Jesus? What did your spiritual growth plan look like, or what does it look like? How have you, have you taken those steps? Have you honored the Lord with a Sabbath? It's a big one. It's one I've struggled a lot with in the past, to be honest with you, I struggled with taking a Sabbath until I heard Pastor Robert Morris talk about it. Some of you have heard me mention this. I, I, I got, I've got pride issues sometimes in my life, and I think if I sit down and have coffee with this person enough times that I'll be able to, to save their life, and I am not their savior. I'm their friend. Jesus is their savior, and, and so I've had to take a step back and, and, and say no sometimes, and maybe you've, you guys have been the recipients of a no sometimes. I don't mean that in a negative way. I just got to take a Sabbath because they're both in the Ten Commandments, Pastor Robert Morris said. So if you're going to break Sabbath, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. If you're going to break that one, you might as well kill somebody. It's a big one. Church is not an option. Church should be a priority. Like. And it doesn't matter if it's this one or another one, as long as they teach the word of God. And, and, and don't, don't, don't go, hey, I wasn't getting fed here or there. Listen, feed yourself, right? Pick up, the, pick up the Bible, right? But again, like I said earlier, we come here to worship the Lord. That's why we're here. We worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. But we should go to corporate worship services together. This is a great church. I love this church. It's not the only church. It's part of the large church, capital C, around the world, of past, present, and future believers who will come to together to worship God for eternity, but right now we're busy doing it. I'll ask you, if you are at this church, are you an active uh, contributing member of this church, right? We like to say in the, in the words of it, it says, are you a member in good standing, right? Can I look at you and go, do we know you? Do I know about your life? Um, I, I like to say it like this. Sometimes I do funerals and I don't know people, and it's really challenging, I don't want to have to hear stories about you from your family. I want to know you. I want to walk this life with you so that when I get up and tell, I want to tell stories about you that, that I have, that I've experienced uh, life with you in certain parts. And so if you haven't, again, the question is why, and then what are you going to do about it? Because this isn't a perfect church, but we serve a perfect God, and he is, he's, he's unifying us for this next season because I think, as I said earlier, 24 is going to have some shaking. I believe there's going to be some serious shaking. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a prophet. But I think there's going to be some serious shaking. And maybe you're sitting here today like, I didn't show up on, on New Year's Eve 2023 for him to tell me and, and make me all scared. I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to get you prepared. I'm trying to get you to have an anchor for your soul so when the things start shaking, you don't have to worry about the shaking. So we're going to get into it because if you know Jesus and he is the anchor for your soul like Hebrews says... 
You won't worry about the shaken because we will not be shaken, right? That is it, church. If you will live a disciplined life, and we look at the word discipline or discipline, um, it, it, it's challenging. And maybe we'll look at a couple or three different types of discipline through this passage today. God's discipline. He tells us right at the beginning of chapter 12 that the, whom the Lord loves, he chasteneth or, or who disciplines, right? It's good. It, it's producing something. And then the discipline we should have as disciples. That's the root word that will create stability in your life, with we, which we talk an immense amount about here because it is so important that you are stable. Be, be stable. Be stable. You will, you'll help your family. You'll help yourself. It'll just be... It'll just be better off all the way around. So look at this thing and think about this shaking thing about this and the discipline that is important for us. And in this chapter that we're about to look at, these several verses, there's things about discipline. There's things about guidance. There's things about helping each other. There's things about living for God and being in his work and kingdom work. And it's important. Richard Foster, one of the one of my favorite authors, he wrote um, a couple books. I won't mention one title, um, but the other one is called The Celebration of Discipline, an incredible author. And he, 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 I want to leave you this quote right, right now to, to kick things off. He says, conversion does not make us perfect, but it does catapult us into a total experience of discipleship that affects and infects every sphere of our living. Now, he said that, and I would say, or it, it doesn't. And you're not living the disciplined life or the discipled life. If your disciplined life or the life of a Jesus follower, a disciple of Jesus, not just a, a label you say, oh, I fall into the Christian category and I check it on the little box when it says, what religion are you? No, are you a disciple of Jesus? Does he know you? Right? So I was listening to a song this morning in prayer. It says, he knows my name. He knows my name. Right? He, he knows my name. I feel that. And I want you to feel that. So whatever you believe about God in this room tonight or whatever you have or whatever baggage you came in here with, whatever, whatever future you're thinking about, and those thoughts and how you think about him will affect your now and it will expose itself in 24 when the things start shaking. How you trust God. You move at his voice. What you believe about him and his word, his promises, what you believe about those things, it will show itself. It will show itself. Some of you are very good, you're, you're mild-mannered, and you're very stable in life, but when the, when the, when the stuff gets tough, right, when, when things start going, all right, it, it gets crazy, you get a little bit shaky, and you don't seem as calm before because your anchor is in something else other than Christ. Hebrews chapter 12, for time's sake, let's jump in here at verse 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Nobody likes discipline, but it's good for you. Now, I want to say this. God is not looking to crush you. I grew up, and you've heard me say this before, I grew up in a, a very scary environment. I thought God wanted to send me to hell every single day. That's not it. God's plan is that you would be saved. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross, that you would be saved, so that all would come to him. But you get the choice of whether you're not going to receive that. And so this discipline is, is for love's sake, right? How many of you discipline your kids? Anybody discipline your kids? Right? And I won't talk about spanking because you guys get all sensitive on that. I believe in spanking. Um, you know, I was spanked. I'm still here. I'm okay. Uh, so like, I don't believe in spanking. I, I'm like, I know. I can tell, right? 
They believe in timeout. Anybody get timeout when you were a kid? I'm going to like, take timeout to pick your teeth up. You know what I mean? <laughs> take timeout to wake up. That's what it is. It's crazy, right? But when we understand that discipline is, is actually not a disappointing thing, but it's a good thing for us, and it leads to expectation, and it leads to improvement and betterment, not just self-improvement, but a, a better quality of disciple to show forth the praises of him to the world. That's what's supposed to be happening. I'm being refined for his glory so that I can walk in the good works that he has planned for me so that people see the good works and give him glory. That's the plan. So here's what he says in verse 12. The writer says, therefore, lift your drooping hands. I like that. And strengthen your weak knees. How many of you got some droopy hands? Be honest. You won't raise them because they're droopy. (laughs) Droopy hands, right? Let me tell you something. I, I mentioned it earlier, probably because I was studying this, but you come in here and you see some people in there just, they don't care. I'm like one of those people, like, I don't care what you think about me. Like, I don't care. You might like, oh, he's so crazy. I don't care. You know what I mean? I am crazy. I'm just crazy for Jesus, right? You're crazy for other things. I'm crazy for Jesus. That's fine. But you see people and they go crazy. We got people that dance in this place and they do not care. And a few weeks ago, someone was talking about somebody who, they were like, hey, you know, like when he dances, it just, it throws me off a little bit. Why are you looking over there? Who told you to look over there? He's on the other side of the church. You should be looking up at anything. Why are you looking over there? And by the way, you don't know his story. You don't know what he's been saved from. He can't help but dance. And if you told him, he'd probably be like, David, I'll become even more undignified than this, right? I'm about to really start dancing. You haven't seen anything yet, right? But lift your drooping hands and, and listen. With you. I, know, I know that feeling. You know, I've been in, I was raised in church, but there's been times, you know, when I was a kid, I thought I was too cool, you know? So I was like, ah, oh, with my friends. And I feel like I should lift my hands because it's just this outflow. But it, it felt like I was holding bricks. Like, I want them to go up, you know? And maybe it's a progression from you. You know, maybe it's like you just like here to like here. <laughs> then you got to carry the TV, you know what I mean? Now, right? Field goal, right? <laughs> like, maybe, maybe it's that to those steps where you, I don't know, but what I want to challenge you is not just to lift your hands for lifting your hands' sake, but the posture of your heart will expose itself through your physical. Right? But see, this, this means something, right? So, so the football game today was pretty disappointing, right? Honestly, you know, I was cheering on the Dolphins. They didn't get it done, but that's all right. See what happens with Buffalo next week, right? <laughs> um, but lift your drooping hands. If you, if you want something to happen in your life, start worshiping. If you, if you start feeling down, turn on some worship music, right? You're feeling angry, worship your way through your angers because this is what's happening. It says it, it makes straight paths for your feet, your weak knees. And you've heard me say this before. When I look around and see you guys worship, oh, man. Like, I don't always walk in here every Sunday like, this has been the best week that I've ever had. Right? There's some weeks I just feel like I got kicked around a little bit, but I'm still here. We're still going to march forward. We're still going to worship things. And then I look at you guys worshiping, and I'm like, I know you're weak. You had a tough week, too, and you're still worshiping. And then my, my weak knees all of a sudden got some spiritual ace bandages on them, and I start feeling strengthened to move forward and do this. And, and, it, and it begins to make the, 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 the straight pass for my feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. This is a call to worship the Lord and 
and to listen to him. 14 says, strive for peace with everyone. It's tough. People get aggravated in the holiday season. It's crowded family. Family can be the most aggravating, can't they? Oh, I would say the family's like, if they're staying in the house, it's like fish. After three days, they got to go. They got to go, right? It's just challenging to have people, you know, in the space. Some of you are better at it than I am. And for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Heard me say this before. This is a holiness church. It's a holiness church. You know, that's a heavy term. Right? It's not just doctrine that we talk about. We, we, we want to be holy. That's the command. When the Lord said, be holy as I am holy, be set apart from this for the plan of God. Leave that, that crazy path and get on the straight path that he's talking. Receive your healing and move into this realm that God has for you, which is a new life, a better way. Some of you would have been partying it down last year, but you're here tonight to party down with Jesus and the community and the church. And that is important. That is huge. You're, you're striving towards holiness. Stay on that path, right? Freedom is, is an opportunity to do things different. When Jesus sets you free, the word says you're free indeed, and that's an opportunity to do things different. This is why people love to get to America for the opportunity to do something. So what is the problem of people not wanting to get to Jesus to receive the opportunity to live life totally different than you ever have before? This is that time. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, that, and, and by it may become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. Some of you know the story of Jacob and Esau. Esau was hungry, right? And he came in, and he, he saw that soup. Soup. <laughs> How many of you would give up your inheritance for a bowl of soup? I don't care what kind of stew it is. I don't care what kind of caldo, caldo de rey, caldo de whatever. I'm not selling it. I'm not giving up my inheritance for that. I don't care how long it's been cooking and how big the pot is. I don't care. But he did it. He left himself vulnerable because he was empty. Don't leave yourself empty and it will, it will cause trouble in your life. That, that first part there, see to it that no one fails to obtain. Well, what business is it of mine if you're failing? Well, it is my business. Not just because I'm the shepherd of this church, but because I care. I'm a brother in Christ. And so for some of you, as we walk this path together, I'll say, hey, come on. Come on. You can do better than that. You live, is, that, is, that, is that honoring the Lord with your life? And people sometimes, they just want to check out. They're like, I don't, I don't want that kind of accountability. That's not, that's not my problem then. And I have to be careful. I have to approach people in meekness. But when you are in accountability, again, it's better for you. And sometimes there's some discomfort in discipline, but it's necessary for progress. It's necessary for the shaping and the molding so that you can become the vessel that you're supposed to be. 17 says, for you know that afterward when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. His you know, there's going to be a time coming when the Lord shows up. And um, I was talking with my friend Jordan earlier today about this. We're talking about the awkwardness of 
having a conversation with people sometimes, and they're like, yeah, I don't go to church, it's awkward, and it's going to be real awkward when the sky peels back, and there's going to be a mad scramble, and so what is this message about? It's, it's to help us get these holy steps in, and that we can see God who himself, and he will, he will input into us the vision and the understanding of how important it is for, for us to live in relationship with him. I'm not one of those guys who beats up on religion. There's a lot of people out there, religion, religion, religion is bad, religion in the church is bad. No, pure religion is this, that you care for the widows and the orphans. So there is pure religion, right? To do these things, let, live out a life that honors God. This is what we're talking about. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and temptus. You guys weren't ready for this on New Year's, were you? And the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. So we get the writer here, and he's, he's contrasting Mount Sinai, which you can find these stories in the Old Testament, in Exodus, and really the giving of the law that was given to Moses. And there was a time when, man, it was really, really scary. It says there were flashes of lightning and rolls of thunder on the mountaintop, and that's pretty scary. And so they, what they say is like, I don't want to go there. You go, Moses. And some of you still approach your relationship to God with that. You, you, you ask for a meeting with me, and you're like, can you, can you petition God for my life? And I'm like, yes and no. <laughs> Let's do it together. We're going to pray together. You're going to go to him because I, I don't have any special access that you don't have. That's good news, by the way. Right? Your prayers don't bounce off me and then I, and, I, and I throw them up to heaven. No, you have a direct access to God. You can boldly enter the throne room of grace, right? And so the writer is reminding of the days of old when the law was given and it was ceremonial and it was heavy and it was very serious and there was fear and there was terror and it was scary. It says in 19, for they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. Like, stop speaking. That's intense. God didn't speak between the Old Testament and the New Testament, but he's speaking loud now. And if you can't hear him, it isn't him. It isn't him. Now, I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I feel his leading and his prompting every day through his word and the leading and the guiding and the comfort of the Holy Spirit every single day, and you can too. Verse 20 says, for they could not endure... The order that was given, if even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. God, God had some seriousness that he had let them know about when he gave them the law. When he laid this down, he said, this is, I, I'm giving this to you because this is best for you. It's best for you that you have this, this guideline. Just like it's good that we have guidelines here in our world, we joke, but halfway joking, it's good that we have speed limits and road signs and directional signs so that we could, it wouldn't be total chaos. I've, I've driven in some countries with no road signs, and it, sometimes it's just wild. It's chaotic, and no, that's not what God wants for your life. He doesn't want you to live wild and chaotic with no direction, no sense 
of guidance and no sense of comfort. That's how the enemy wants you to live. He wants you to live always just right there in the moment. Live for yourself. Follow your heart. Do what's good. That's what the enemy says to you. The Bible says be, don't, don't, don't follow your heart. Your, your heart is desperately wicked. It'll get you trouble every single time. Follow the leading of the Lord. Follow the guideline that he's given us. It went through a lot to get this to us, to get it inside of us. And, and some of you are so resistant to it. Every week, we tell you, like, every week I say, did you bring your Bibles with you? Every week I say, like, did you, did you read it? Did you study it? Every week. And, and it's like, I, I, don't, I don't know how. <laughs> you will figure out how to change an alternator by watching YouTube. <laughs> you will learn how to make Pazelle cookies, right, on YouTube. You will, you will get it down. You'll follow everything on TikTok to learn how to do anything. But you can't put enough effort to open up the Word of God. And by the way, you don't need TikTok. You don't need YouTube. If you will ask the Lord, if you will hold this thing in your hand and say, God, I need you to show me something. I need a revelation. I need something to come alive. I need your Word to speak to me, Lord. One Word will change everything. I think you should have direction. I think you should have a purpose and a plan to do that. I think you should devote. I think you should have a yearly reading plan. I think all of these things. But God had let them know the seriousness of his law that he had given. And this has passed everything. It's been through. They've, they've tried to eliminate this. They're still trying to eliminate it. They're trying to change it. They're trying to wipe it out. It's been burned in other countries. People are hot in Asia. Some places they're, they're chucking it in dirt. They're wrapping it up. And people copy it. I have friends who copied sex of this and, and passed it off while other people copied and copied and copied down the line and, and I've got stacks of these. And maybe you have stacks of them too. You certainly have it on your phone. God help us. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. And you can read these accounts again in Exodus and Deuteronomy, but even Moses at time was feeling this weight, feeling this intensity, feeling this, this, oh, you know, this grind on this. He said, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God and heavy Jerusalem and to the innumerable angels in the festal gathering and to the assembly to the firstborn who were enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Well, now, the New Living says this, you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and the countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. Now, this is like, this is a different approach to the Lord. All of a sudden, everything begins to change. Like Old Testament feels very, very scary. New Testament feels not as scary, not as intense. But somewhere along the line, things got twisted for people and they're like, oh, be, because of Jesus, everything is okay. I do whatever I want because of grace. And so we lost some sort of reverence and we lost some sort of awe, right? Awesome. We lost the, the fear of the Lord. We lost the, the respect. And I told you when I was a kid, it was scary, but... I, I still want to live with some of that. 
But I want to I just shift just a little way. Not like God is trying to smash me, but no, I don't want to disappoint his heart. I don't want to break his heart. I don't want him to, to feel any, any way that I, I wasn't following or I wasn't listening to his command or I didn't use what he had given me, everything for it. There's, so this is a very different approach and the strictness and the intimidation of the, the old covenant, the, the, the rigidity to it. And I think we need some of that back. And here's why. Because these guys, they were, they were, they were going for something, right? They were, they were going, even, even Abraham in, in chapter 11, I don't know this, it says when, when Abraham set out, it says he was looking for a city whose foundation was the Lord. That's a powerful verse, right? And, and that's what happens when everything starts shifting and you're on a journey and you're trying to figure out this, this thing, that, or the other. It's like, man, I, w- I just want to get to s- something stable when everything's crazy and it's always shaking. I, wanna, I want some stability. This is why people call the church when they're in trouble. It's okay. We're going to be here. We're not going anywhere until the Lord takes us back. But one day, we're going to be gone, and people are going to show up like, can you help us? And we're going to be gone. We're going to be gone. So this, this, this city whose builder is God, right? Right after this is going to be a city that lives forever. When God gives us the new Jerusalem. It's a forever city. It's a forever. All, all of this stuff, it changes. I hear people talk every day about how Homestead has changed. <laughs> it used to be an agricultural city and this and that. And that's what we expect. The world changes. It gets eaten up. It gets eaten up with, with concrete and asphalt and power lines. And you get the, the citrus plants get canker and greening and everything just seems to be eaten up. This is what happens in an imperfect world. But a perfect God one day is going to take us to a perfect new Jerusalem and we get to assemble and it's going to be beautiful. And, and what we have to understand is we don't have to wait till that day when we get home to experience all of that goodness. You might be a citizen in this place, but we're really citizens of heaven. Philippians tells us. And you start living with that, with that kind of hope and that expectation. Everything begins to change, right? 24 says this, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. A new covenant. Paul talked in Corinthians about the new covenant as he referred to the Lord's Supper. And to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Abel's blood really was let by Cain, his brother. In not a good situation, he was murdered. But Jesus' blood speaks from heaven. It washes with mercy and forgiveness. And I love that it's for you and you and you. And you, Cain was guilty, shamed, and Jesus' blood in the new covenant wipes out shame, and it wipes out guilt, and frustration, and tension, and chaos. Thank God Jesus is here. Thank God that Jesus is here. Without his sacrifice, I can't stand here today. 
Without a sacrifice, you can't sit in this chair and even think about how good he's been to you. Without his perfect sacrifice, the, the shedding of his blood, the remission of sins cannot happen. The changing, the washing, the, the, the redemption, the, the great buyback of your life couldn't happen without the sacrifice of Jesus. 25 says, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. Listen. Listen. God's word is true. It was true. It is true. It will remain true. It's always going to be true, right? So as this, the things of earth begin to shift, things are happening, it's primed. And I don't know, I was talking with my daughter who was in from college, and she said, well, maybe, you know, I'm, I was getting all excited because I was studying this. I'm like, just maybe, maybe Jesus is coming back tomorrow. And she's like, well, maybe it's going to be another 500 years. And I was like, don't do that to me, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe it's tonight. I don't know. But things are happening, and the world is primed, and, and, and your friends are primed because the things are shaking. And every time something shakes, people start looking again for stability. So some people have lost the holy fear, but I think there's some of you who are in the room tonight who understand fear. And I think by the time the night is over, you're going to understand a little more. Not, not like fears and, oh, no, but, but a holy fear, a reverence, an awe, an awe of God and what he wants from your life. 26 says, at that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. If God shook the earth at Mount Sinai, what do you think is going to happen at the end of time? What do you think it's going to feel like at the end of time? If those people were scared, if they were like, well, I can't, I can't touch that. You go, Moses. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. If, that, if that's uh, Haggai 2, verses 6 says this. For, the, for thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. There's going to be a shaking. Again, I'm not a prophet. I'm not trying to scare you. That's not my goal tonight. My goal is to get you to get your roots down a little bit deeper so that as the things shake, you're not worried about it. 27, this phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, the things that have been made in order that the things cannot be shaken may remain. I said it again, right? This indicates the removal of things that are shaken. Shaking does some good sometimes, right? Shake. We eat a lot of rice in my house. I like rice. It's probably not good for me, but I like it. And I always like to, to put the water in it. Some of you are like, shouldn't wash it does something to it. I'm like, uh, other people are like, you got to wash it. I wash it a bunch of times. Well, I wash it and I shake it, right? And almost always, there's something in there that I'm glad I shook out. You know what I mean? 
You shake the rice and you pour it out and it's cloudy and there's always something in it. I'm like, well, I'm glad that's not in there. When these things start shaking in this next season, it's going to be an opportunity. You might not feel that way when, when things are shaking, but if you're anchored, the people who are anchored aren't worried about the shaking, right? They're just, well, it's shaking, okay? I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm anchored. It's okay. But if, if this happens, if, if we let this process happen in the world around us and we begin to minister, we're going to help people through the shaking process, and they're going to be anchored in Jesus. And then you're going you're gonna to see in the shaking who really understands the love of Jesus they won't be shaken because we can't be shaken as the world is. So apparently God wants to see some things. He wants to see what we put value in. You put Because the, the, the things that are shaken, the things that burn up, the things that fade away are the things that are man-made. Right? Now your car. Right? Your phones. The watches. Clothes. Everything changes so quickly, but you, you, you will understand as you begin to look at this more and more and your, your detachment from the world. Now listen, this doesn't mean that you won't feel the shaking or experience some of the shaky in your life, but it'll, it'll help your understanding to know that you are secure in this, right? Maybe just, maybe, we need this. Maybe just maybe we need this. We're to endure it. People like to quit in the shaking. They like to, man, they like to quit. We got to endure. When this world shakes, maybe an earthquake, maybe a fire, maybe just your friends go through some stuff. When it happens, we need to be able to respond. We have some first responders in the room and they, they jump when things happen. People's worlds go into chaos and they just, they jump, they jump and they, they act, right? Spiritually speaking, and when the world is, is crushed and they've gone through the accidents and, the, and the, the chaos of life, we need to respond with that. So therefore, 28, therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The world is shaking. We've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. I, that's one of the most comforting verses that I can leave you with. Because every, everybody knows what's going on. It's not, it's not a secret. All of you guys probably watch the news, whatever channel it is, it's all the same. It's all crazy, right? Like this outlet or this outlet, it's all the same. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's shaking. The things are shaking. But you need to be grateful if you have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So all this stuff is crazy. Like, I'm, not, I'm okay. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, and we start having this verbiage because you really believe it. So what are we what are we to do? Are we supposed to slack off because you know I'm not gonna do anything? No, that's not the that's not the case. It's just, oh, I just do what I want because Jesus is grace. No, there's gotta be a reverence, there's gotta be an awe, and we can't deny that grace is real, but we've gotta we've gotta do something with it. We've got to walk the line and stay steady in this next season. I want you to stand with me tonight.
I want tonight to be a, a, a fresh step. Tonight will be the, the movement to obey him in, in every way that we can. Some of you are like, I don't, I don't know how to, like, I don't know how to do this. One pastor said, you can only start where you are and use what you have. If you don't have one, we'll give you one and do what you can. Start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. If you do that, I know the Lord will come through in your life. He always does. He always does. So if you have received this, I want to move into a time of worship. And I know maybe, again, I said it earlier, maybe you're expecting a countdown tonight. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that the Lord is here and he deserves all the praise. And if, if, if God is a consuming fire, if you're already on fire, you shouldn't be worried about it, right? So all the people who are on fire, I just want us to, to take a moment and just bow our heads before God Almighty who has said, you don't have to be afraid of me anymore. You don't have to ask me not to speak anymore. This isn't Mount Sinai. We want you, God, to speak to us clearly. We want you to minister to us clearly and effectively. God, you're, you're going to touch our lives today. We thank you for everything that you've done. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Here's what I want to do. I want to, I want to have a time of prayer. So if you need anything tonight, if you, if you need a fresh start, if you need to step up, if you need to let something go tonight, I want you to begin to make your way. There's nothing super special about this place. As we always say, it's just a spot where you can let go of things. Say, I'm starting fresh. It's a new journey. I'm, I, I just want the Lord to touch my heart tonight. I want, I want to be set free. I want things to be different in 2024. I want everything to shift. As I go towards him. Come on, don't miss this opportunity, church. Don't miss this opportunity. Right where we're at, let's bow our heads one more time. If, you, if you're here and this is your, your cue, if you're back there, to begin to just pray for people who are here. These are people that want something different. They want to touch from God Almighty. Father, we thank you for your presence again in this room. We stand here at the end of 2023 expecting God. We don't show up with anything. We don't have anything except a worshiping heart. We need you. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need your guidance. We need your direction. We need your hope. We need your strength in this next season. Jesus, be the anchor for us.